Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Hustle Podcast, where we bring the stories and struggles of artists climbing the ladder of success and how they survived the city of dreams, Los Angeles. As always, I am your host, Daniel, and with me as always is the man behind the man, behind the man, behind the man, Michael Lutheran. I'm a glorified stranger here, folks. <laughs> uh, he was homeless. I brought him in. He looked like he, could, he, he had a face for audio radio. <laughs> I offered to pay for Daniel's Starbucks this morning. <laughs> I said, you want to be on a podcast? <laughs> as long as I get Starbucks. As long as I get Starbucks, give me a green tea. We'll be good to go. Exactly. This podcast not sponsored by Starbucks. <laughs> Sadly, no. I wish it was. Now, Michael, there's someone else here. Yeah, there is someone uh, sitting next to us. It's a delicious glass of water. Hello. Gl- just kidding. No, <laughs> it, it is not. Well, while you do have a delicious looking glass of water, as much as water can be uh, delicious. Uh, no. So okay. welcome to our third Team Hustle episode series. Yeah, absolutely. This um, is Team Hustle number three. Number three. And we've got some really exciting news yeah, coming your we have, way. We have a lot of really great announcements um, coming up, uh, you know, there's some changes that are going to be made with the show, um, how it's released, mm-hmm. um, what we release, and when <laughs> we release. I'm, 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 what what are we releasing? Episodes, Michael. There we go. Gold, Michael. We're gold. releasing gold. So as of this recording, we have now released twenty episodes. Twenty episodes, and we've been on air for about two months. Two months. Is there an echo in here? <laughs> So essentially, um, we here at Hollywood Hustle, we feel like we've now built a good collection of content. Good collection. Did I lose it? I'm threatening to take your host credit away. (laughs) Yes, we've had... Professional echo work. You know, we've we've had a magician on. We've had two musicians on. We've had a a non-narrative casting director on. We've... uh, No, not yet. His episode is actually coming out. Well, we've this but we've, month. we've recorded with we've him. We've recorded. Sorry, my but bad. we've also had Wonder Woman. Yes, Miss Ashley Nunes. Yeah, we've we've had wonderful uh, group of artists yep. on this podcast, Absolutely. and so now we feel like we're ready to mm-hmm. actually instead of keeping up the the busyness mm-hmm. of releasing two episodes a week, mm-hmm. we now are going to be shifting our release schedule to one episode per week. We'll be releasing that episode on a Tuesday. Absolutely. And this is going to give us the chance to, you know, have you, the listeners, listen to that episode because so much of it was, we we're just looking at some of the data. We haven't been able to get some of... Ah, what am I trying to say, well, Daniel? You know, when you're doing this for uh, you're doing this for a month and a half, you're able to kind of see the how things are going, the strategy of things, um, and so you're able to see what's working and what's not working. And you know, we've talked a little bit about social media and how we were getting burnt out, um, just having to push two episodes a week. Um, and then we also start talking about: Do people have time to listen to both episodes? Are they are they getting behind? Do they have to catch up? Are they skipping episodes to catch up? Um, that's where Katra has been a big help also. She's kind of was an outsider in that sense, giving us her thoughts on it. And so we felt that doing a move to a one episode a week, which means we're still going to do an epi- two episode series with each guest, uh, but you'll have the act one on one Tuesday and then a week later act two. Yeah. It'll give you time to process that interview and uh, process the advice and the story of that specific artist. And uh, another change on top of that is we will now only be doing one part of team hustle episodes. There won't be two parts to team hustle episodes. You get all of team hustle all right now in one episode, which means the episode may be a little longer, but not, not too much longer, but it just, that way it kind of skims it down where we can focus on what the show's about is other artists. 
doing what they're doing, their struggles, their climb, their life. Now, you did mention Katra, so I, I want to actually Katra. shift into her official introduction. <laughs> so she's not awkwardly sitting here in silence. <laughs> um, so we talked about how you know we, we want to make sure we have time to get stuff done that we need on making graphics for marketing, engaging with people, um, giving notes to our sound engineer, Kel. Shout out to Kel. And so we decided that we would reach out to someone we knew that had some uh, once one uh, a great social media herself. She her her social medias are always entertaining, always interesting. <laughs> um, and so she's a good friend of ours. And we kind of just you know Michael talked about bringing her on, asking if she was willing to do it. And we kind of threw out the line, and she said yes. And also, something that I'm very interested in is uh, having a, a different, unique perspective. On the podcast, this mm -hmm. is going to be this whole podcast is a journey of you and I, Daniel. Mm -hmm. But you know, we're we're two guys in Los Angeles, and that is not the complete experience no. of being an artist for any you know absolutely stretch not. of the imagination. So I wanted to bring on someone who I think has their own unique perspective mm -hmm. and their own interesting journey mm -hmm. that you know, frankly, I think deserves to be heard. Right. And so without further ado, I'd like to welcome our new official Team Hustle member, Katra Parkman. Katra Parkman! Yay! Thank you guys so much. I'm very excited to be a part of this, and I, I'm very humbled by what you just said, so thank you. <laughs> well, you know, Katra's coming on as an associate producer, um, social media marketing consultant and strategist. Um, she's also going to be a voice on some of the Team Hustle episodes. And if one of us, myself or Michael, can't make a, you know an interview roundtable recording, or if we feel maybe a female perspective would be great to have on there and Katra's available, she's going to come in and sit on the roundtable uh, discussion just to add that strong uh, female perspective of LA acting talent here, how it's run, how it's done, and what the struggle is on a different side. I cannot wait. <laughs> I will bring that female energy into this podcast. So I'm going to ask you a question real quick, Katra. Sure. Just to get a, so we can kind of start getting that side of you. Okay. What is, as a female actress, as an actress in LA, <laughs> female actor, um, what is the most frustrating thing for you when you're looking for you know parts or auditions or networking what's like something that really just gets to you a lot <clears throat> the current breakdowns for females mm. for female actors right now on most of the self-submission sites are beyond my imagination i mean <sighs> To make this short, um, I, I have an entire Facebook album dedicated to ridiculous female breakdowns. And it is amazing. And the majority of them are super sexist. Um, they or they half the time aren't given a an actual character name. They're just like hot girl or like best friend or whatever. They're, they're not actual people. Hot gym chick. Yeah. Um, these beauty standards are out of this world. It's like they want a girl next door, best friend who's also a leading lady and looks like Angelina Jolie, but they don't want to pay but them. Shy. And she also doesn't have any lines. So it's like, you know, things like that mm -hmm. kind of go, they're, they've infiltrated all of Actors Access and Backstage and all those websites. And it's just, it's quite a chore to sift through those because mm -hmm. I have no interest in submitting myself to those parts. I don't want to waste my time on them. I don't want to, I don't want to make 
that okay Mm -hmm. you know i don't want to contribute to that kind of culture so i stay away from it and it takes a long time to sift through all that every day and kind of get to the good stuff absolutely i I, I totally (laughs) i I see completely and i'm sure michael has seen that too i know he goes through a lot of actor access stuff um so i'm sure he's seen those breakdowns as well just in general and this is actually not just females i've noticed this recently too with men the Characters in a lot of student films, and this is not a diss on students, they're still figuring out their way, but they do tend to be very underwritten and stereotypical. And this includes the men too. Mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, I've seen so many like Jock who like doesn't have a personality, but is like super hot with six pack abs. I mean, it's like the same thing mm-hmm. on both sides of the aisle. It just tends to be slightly more for women. Absolutely. But it's ridiculous for, mm-hmm. for both genders, Absolutely. really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike, have you seen any ridiculous guy that you can remember that were kind of guy breakdowns off the top of your head? Uh, well, I mean, it's just well, kind of echoing what Katra said. I mean, so often will be like, has to be at least six foot uh, tall, you know, hardcore six pack abs, uh, you know, muscly and it just but there's nothing speaking to the character Mm -hmm. uh, nothing speaking of the story uh and so often will it also sometimes be uncomfortable when they have to say like must be okay doing this type of sex scene and it's just like okay now we're not even this should not be on actors access i really hope they're typing it up as aggressively as you're like (laughs) describing it like must be able to do this well they do yeah no and, and it is oftentimes like that and i think we're now in a place where I think we're starting to see the industries taking note of certain things like that. But unfortunately, it's not all the way through yet. Mm-hmm. We're, we're still quite a ways from having that uh, focus more on character. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of course, you know, if the casting is looking for a very specific type, obviously you make that apparent. Yes. But it's the way in which you know some of these uh, castings are released that it just makes you ponder like, why is that okay? <laughs> you know, like if, if this were just any other kind of job interview, cause that's mm-hmm. what this is. Any type of audition is a job interview mm-hmm. and you, the casting person, you know, this is your own passion project. Right. Treat it professionally. Well, you know, it's, it's almost like a punchline within itself because you have this thing where it's like, like you said, it's, you know, 26 Caucasian six pack abs, athletic leader of, you know, the school, Shy doesn't know what he wants to be. And I was like, what? What? Like, this doesn't make any... Okay, you can't just tack on this weird emotional journey they're going to go through after this, like, Adonis-looking person. Or, or it'll be that it's the same exact character description for all the other characters, mm-hmm. which is... I don't know, Katra, if you've seen that, but it's so frustrating of like, oh, you know, okay, Actors Access says that I'm good for this one role, but the actual description itself is the same exact thing. And one thing really quickly, for those of you who aren't actors or in Los Angeles, Actors Access is a self-submission website to get auditions without an agent. Um, the, the official breakdowns for like television and movies go to agents, but all the student film web series, non-union stuff goes to Actors Access and actors can submit themselves and get auditions that way. And they tend to be more non-union, uh, beginner projects, that sort of thing. Uh, you can definitely find gems on these websites, but the majority of them tend to be a little bit more green or a little bit more, you know, figuring out the ropes like we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, that with that territory comes a little bit less professionalism. Well, and, and also, there's a lot of vague uh, uh, character breakdowns, which is also a problem. When you read a lot of, <laughs> a, a lot of people are like, know what you want. Know, if you're writing the script, know what character you want. 
because that's going to develop their background. If you know if they're going to be Indian or if they're going to be Asian or mm-hmm. uh, African American or are they going to be a mix like a, a weird Jewish uh, Christian hybrid of you know what's their background because that's going to show that's going to mm-hmm. uh, help develop who they are as a character. So you get these weird generic breakdowns for like a, the same shows like twenty something Caucasian pretty female. 17-year-old Caucasian uh, or non-racial specific uh, nerd. And it's like, well, what? okay, so you don't know what your character is, and you're hoping that an actor will know what your character needs to be. This is overwhelmingly the case for me going out commercially, and this is even on a higher scale. So these are going out for national SAG commercials, Mm -hmm. and I kid you not, in the last four years, I have only gone out for... 16 to 22 pleasant looking white Caucasian female. And that's literally the only character description I get. That's exactly how I describe you to people. (laughs) That's why I'm going out for this. Who's Katra? I'm perfect for it. (laughs) And and I'd also like to add, though, this this isn't specific to Actors Access. This is LA Casting, Backstage, any type of casting website. Uh, we that we you can Craigslist. see the, <laughs> Craigslist sometimes, <laughs> but you can see these type of casting notices anywhere, mm-hmm. and but that, that's why I'm just really excited to have Katra as a part of our team now. Is that she's gonna be bringing her own perspective mm-hmm. to not only the in, to uh, you know our intros or outros or anything like right. that, but also in the discussion yeah. with the guests. Absolutely, and I'm just really excited, Katra, to have you on board. Yay. So thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you. So thank obviously you. she'll be joining us on this episode. Yes. <laughs> um, so just to recap, we're now releasing one episode a week. It's going to be on Tuesdays. So you'll get Act One of a, an episode one week, Act Two another week. Uh, Team Hustle episodes will now only be one episode. We're not going to do two parts. So we may play a game. We may do a theme. We may do both. We may just do a roundtable. Yeah, we may do a roundtable. You don't know. That's going to be the fun of it, uh, I think, of these shows. And they're always we always try to do the Team Hustle episodes at the beginning of the month just to kind of r- look at where we've been and where we're going and where we are on our journey. Uh, hopefully you're interested in that because we are <laughs> interested in your journey. Um, so yay thank you so much and thank you live people for watching us we were live on Instagram Uh, just know that we will be doing that more Uh, we will be doing more live stuff on Instagram when we record so you can see behind the scenes you can see uh, you know who's here if if we have a guest we'll do maybe a few minutes live so uh, you definitely follow us at Hollywood Hustle Podcast on Instagram uh, so you can be a part of that so Getting past the updates, uh, let's kind of go into our personal journeys and see where everybody's at. Um, Michael, where where are you at in your your journey as an actor and creator? As a person. And as a human being. Yeah. Uh, I mean, things are going great. The past couple weeks, I've been able to pick up on some auditions, went out for a couple films, which was really nice. Uh, been continuing on with acting class and making strides with that. Uh, there, was, there was a couple days where I felt like I hit another plateau a little bit in terms of just imagination. I think a lot of that was having to do with not getting enough sleep. So, you know, sometimes it's as simple as just the day-to-day things of like making sure I get enough sleep, make sure I'm eating well, that I'm exercising because those things play into your creative uh, career as well. And so just making sure that those things are taken into account and getting used to that and, uh, yeah, just really kind of continuing on with the lessons. Uh, obviously, earlier uh, this past month, I got to be in a wedding. 
Hey. Not my wedding, but a uh, friend's wedding. <laughs> and not Brandon Baruch's. Brandon Baruch's wedding. No, it's Brandon Ward. Congratulations, Brandon Baruch. <laughs> he'll eventually be on this podcast. <laughs> and he'll be able to confirm whether or not he got married. Wait, I'm, I'm really lost. Are you married? Tell me yes or no. <laughs> but that was an amazing experience to go through. Um, just, you know, sometimes it's nice to get out of town, get unplugged a little bit and just be a part of someone else's journey and be able to be there and witness that. Absolutely. So that was really nice. But right now, just kind of focusing in on, you know, not the Hollywood grind, but just trying to thrive and take classes and also start setting up goals for the upcoming months as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Um, I've actually been trying to do a lot more reading uh, recently. I've been reading The Anatomy of Story by John Truby, uh, which was suggested through a YouTube video set that we uh, we like to watch called Lessons from a Screenplay. So good. So good. Check it out. Lessons from a Screenplay. Uh, Michael Tucker does it, and it's amazing. Shout out. Um, and you should support him on Patreon if you like it. Uh, shout out. There you go. Free free sponsorship for him. <laughs> um, but I've been, it's really interesting because it starts with setting up your show and setting up your story. And it's been so interesting um, he talks a lot about the difference between a, prim- uh, a premise and like a design principle. And that's been really hitting me recently is like the pr- premise is this, the, the surface of the story. So man fights alien to win back his girlfriend. And then you go, well, what's the design principle? And that's where your, sh- your show becomes unique. Well, through this, I'm going to talk about racial relations and immigration. And so how do you use your kooky story about an alien to save your family to really talk about society and what's going on? Mm -hmm. And that's the design principle. That's how you let your story set apart from other people. And and one of the things is like, that's why you see so much stuff where people start thinking everything's the same because it is, because it doesn't have that design principle, that uniqueness to it. And the stuff that really makes you that you love and that stays classic has that like the Godfather. It's a different way to show a mafia movie with a guy that doesn't want to go in and show his family ties and, and things like that. Or, uh, something more recent, Stranger Things. Mm. It's an al- amalgamation of all the things that we love gr- uh, watching growing up, mm-hmm. but it's in its most essence, it's about a group of friends, mm-hmm. a childhood friends, and you know, trying to, and at least what we know in season one was trying to find their lost friend. Yeah, and it's about finding your place in the world, and how how do you make how do you, how are you different and unique, and how is that okay, you know? And I think that's 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 the design principle of that show. And so that's something I've been looking at, and it's been really helpful to kind of look at how my, some of the scripts I've been working on, do I have that? Do I have an idea or a theme that fits that? And it also talks about, like, know who your main character is. If, it, if you're writing and the best character is not the main character, then you need to rework your story because the best character needs to be the main character. And that's the problem with other movies where, oh, the side characters were great, but the main character was meh. And it's like, no, that's not how it should be. The main character should always be the best part. Of the movie, so some really great stuff that I really enjoyed doing, and so that's been really helpful. Digging really into storytelling, yeah, absolutely, and just the basic, and just trying to take more ideas from other people. Oh, and also for the past couple episodes, you were down in, De- I was, in Dallas. <laughs> I was in Dallas. My grandmother turned ninety. Ooh, happy Yay. birthday to Grandma Tuttle! And so, uh, you know, I, it was important that I went and celebrated that with her, and I took my son with me so she could hang out with him. She doesn't see him much since we're in California. Mm. Um, but that was nice to hang out with her and my other family. I don't get to see a lot. And I got to see a cousin of mine who is kind of like a big brother type to me. I'm an only child, so he's kind of been that big brother. And so it was nice to see him. So it was a lot of fun. 
Does he have a beard like yours? He he actually has he has like a goateeish thing going on now, which is really weird to see him because <laughs> he's always been clean shaven. So it's kind of weird oh, to see okay. him face. Right? Is he trying to live up to your? I think so. Legacy? I, I think he's really trying to to make it. He'd be like, I I gotta look like you. And I'm like, no, don't do it. Like what you did for beards, I shall do for the goatee. <laughs> yeah, right. He's he's trying to no. make, bring he's bringing it back. <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> it's the fetch. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of going on. So we want to take a little bit of time here for Katra to kind of share her story, where she's from, why she's in L.A., what she's pursuing. We talked a little bit about the acting and stuff, but go ahead and take a few minutes, Katra, just kind of tell people who you are. Okay, well, <laughs> just I... throwing that out there, so generic. If I start rambling, please cut me off. <laughs> oh, no, um, we're, we're, we're just going to leave the room. Yeah, we're going to go have lunch. I was told they were going to go get lunch and just leave me alone, <laughs> so um, let's see how this goes. Uh, I'm actually a California native, which is pretty rare, I guess, in these parts to be born and raised in Southern California. Especially one that's in the industry, because yes. most Californians I meet are not in the industry. Yeah, they're like, get me out of here as quickly as possible. <laughs> they're about to move to Texas. Or New York. Yeah. That happens a lot. Um, but no, I was uh, I was raised in Orange County, which is a nice, pleasant suburban place to grow up. <laughs> and um, I started showing interest, actually, in being in the entertainment industry at like age toddler. I don't know exactly what the specific age was, but I remember my parents telling me that I used to point at the TV box because in the 90s, bo- TVs looked like boxes. And <laughs> yep. I would say, I want to be inside there. And they say, what? And I'm like, I want to be inside the box. Mm-hmm. Like, what? what's what's the confusion? <laughs> and they're like, well, you have to be really small to be in the box. Thinking, oh yes, you know, our child, like every other kid wants to be on TV. Okay, mm-hmm. sure. Except here I am now, second grade, I'm still eight. Still wanting to be in the box. And I still haven't let it go. <laughs> and it was career day, and which is very weird to ask seven and eight-year-olds what they want to be when they grow up, but I digress. <laughs> I said I wanted to be an actor. And my teacher's like, oh, so you want to be a movie star? I said, no, I want to be an actor. I knew the difference at the age. And she just said, oh, well, to my mom, your daughter wants to be famous. And my mom got mama bear on my second grade teacher and said no she knows the difference she wants to be an actor she wants to be telling stories and different characters in movies and tv she knows the difference don't assign you know meaning to to her choice and they're like okay okay um i tried the sports thing for a while that's embarrassing we're not going to talk about that (laughs) um we're going to talk about that what what sports did you do yeah because katra i know you've been listening to this podcast for a little while we, we go into, I think, quite a, a number of our guests have all been athletes at some point. So, so what, what what did you attempt? I, a softball. softball. Um, I played it for about four years. I got decent at it only because I practiced so hard. I went to batting lessons. My dad practiced with me every day. I was a tiny person. I was a tiny little skinny person, and I had no strength behind my hitting. So what they would do is they'd put me at the top of the lineup. I'd bunt the ball, and I was the fastest runner on the oh, team. Nice. So I would just run at people. See, so There's <laughs> places for people on professional teams like right. that. So my strategy was that if I run at the first baseman, they'll freak out and miss the ball. <laughs> which was my strategy, and it worked every single time. I wouldn't run at the base. I'd run at the first baseman. Did you scream as you ran like a no, warrior? No, but I had a very scary expression on my face. So. <laughs> if you had to describe the face for our listeners, because they can't see your face, what would it, what would it look like? Um, it was like I was channeling the determination of a thousand armies, but I was 10. So like, imagine that on a 10-year-old space. Just, I will win, get out of my way. So we always ask this, do you feel you've taken something from that time 
with you either in your own life as a person or in your professional life something that you've maybe a trait you gained from that yes um it's that practice is so essential whether or not you're good at something i wasn't naturally good at sports or being athletic so i had to put in an extreme amount of work and patience to even learn how to hit a ball because that alone, hand-eye coordination was lost on me at that age. And I had to put in the work of taking lessons and showing up week after week after week. I didn't want to go to practice. It was hot. I had already gone to school. I was tired. You know, all the excuses a little kid has. Even though at the time, I don't know what I was doing with my life. I had no responsibility, but okay. Um, and so absolutely, that, that work ethic has carried on with me through my artistic journey because um, I saw that I can get results if I put the time and effort in. Mm. So that's hugely important. And I thank my parents for instilling that in me because I think there was like a thousand times within the first year I wanted to quit. I was like, please don't make me do this. <laughs> and they weren't making me, but they were encouraging me, encouraging me to see if there were other interests in my life, considering I was so focused at like three. But what I wanted to do, they like, you need to try other things to make sure there's not other stuff you're interested in. So um, that was super essential for me. Nice. and. And, then, and you wanted to skip over that. <laughs> I did. So I guess that was information that was useful, I guess. So kids, if you, if you think you want to be an artist, try sports for a couple of years. You may learn some things. And run towards your art with yes. the face of 10,000 armies. I tried basketball for a semester, and that's all I did was run at people. So You should have gone to work. hockey and just been like a goon. Like, Why just wasn't I in track? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> that but does anyways. seem like the perfect, just put somebody at the finish line that you have to run to. Yeah, like run Forrest, run, like run Katra, run. That's me. That was it. That was Forrest Gump. Yeah, that was yeah. basically it. <laughs> Would you um, have the beard? That's the question. Yeah. So after that, I it was about 12, 13, and I, it was at the height of the Disney Channel era. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, you know, how old you guys were at that time. I was the peak audience. I was 11, 12 years old. What, what year? Around what, what year? Are you 2008. 2000. Oh, I was just, uh, I had just graduated high school and going into college. <laughs> I was 25-ish? So, I was leaving elementary school and... I was, leaving, <laughs> I was 25. I was leaving high school to go to college. <laughs> and I was obsessed with those people on that channel and I wanted to be them and all the things an 11-year-old wants to be who wants to be an actor. Mm -hmm. My mom said, well, if you're serious about this, then you need to be multi-talented because these kids aren't just actors, they're singers, dancers, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. The list goes on. Jugglers. Yes. So for seventh grade, I homeschooled and I took um, acting lessons, guitar lessons, dancing lessons, all sorts of things. Um, homeschool didn't end up working out for me. So I went back to public school in eighth grade, but little did I know taking that year to take all those arts classes prepared me for high school when I went to a performing arts high school. And this was a huge, huge pivotal moment in my life getting into this school because it was either going to my local high school, which would have been, I think, a very negative experience for me, mm -hmm. um, versus this amazing arts high school with this incredible culture of people and being able to go to academics the first half of the day, so 8 to 2 p.m., and then taking arts classes from 2 to 5 every single day. It was very similar almost to college in some aspects in that the schedules were very rigorous and I was so immersed in different kinds of art. I was lucky enough to get into the school. It was audition only, so I um, there was a big chance I wasn't going to get in, mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful for that. And talking about OSHA would be a whole nother 20-minute conversation, <laughs> so I won't talk about it, but... Um, the Orange County School of the Arts is it was a blessing mm -hmm. on my life. And I 
because I was in a conservatory that allowed me to take not just one particular type of class, but every class from all the conservatories. By the end of four years, I had taken dozens and dozens of classes from filmmaking to acting, dance, art, singing, painting, everything you can imagine. I had a little experience in, so I really got to see what I liked, what I was good at, what I wasn't, um, and just the the people I met and the experiences I had, incredible. Mm. Um, and so fast forwarding to now, post high school, I definitely began the hustle. <laughs> I, and it it's, begins. It begins. I... Um, <laughs> I chose a route that not everyone does. Is I did not go to university. Um, I did not finish college in any way. I did go to community college or city college, whatever you want to call it, for about two years off and on, but I took classes I wanted to take. I completed the radio television course at Long Beach City College, and it's the only city college actually in California that offers that program. So I learned a lot about media broadcasting and editing and designing a show, and um, I took like astrophysics classes in college because I'm a nerd and I wanted to, nerd. you know, and um, psychology courses and things I thought would inform me mm. as an actor. But I soon realized that having two part-time jobs, going to college, commuting 15 hours a week back and forth to LA and like trying to be an adult was too much all at once. Mm -hmm. um, and I hit a wall that took a while for me to recover from. And I figured out that balance needs, a little bit more balance needs to be achieved in my life. Um, and last year, 2016, I moved officially to Los Angeles. Hey. Yes, so that was the first time me fleeing the nest, as they say. <laughs> so I had to pay my own rent and be an adult and all that fun stuff. So it's been a year of discovery <laughs> for me, and um, it's been awesome. So I've been 100% focused on you know my thrival jobs that allow me the money to live here and my acting career. Right. And for me, that's meaning getting involved in as many communities as possible, podcasting communities, um, acting class communities. I've taken a bunch of different classes from the business of acting to the actual craft. I've taken Meisner too. I know you're taking Meisner, Michael. Mm -hmm. um, I've taken a two-year course in that. Um, super into the marketing and branding of my uh, business or career, whatever you want to call <laughs> it. And just getting involved with filmmaking as well because that's very interesting to me. I'm still at the beginning stages of that. And it's been... It's been wonderful. Nice. Yeah. And just to touch on that, you are going into helping actors create content for reels. Is that correct? That's more of just like a, I'm doing that to work on my filmmaking skills. Mm. So I, I don't want to make, there's plenty of actor businesses out there that do that for money. I'm not interested in doing that for money. I'm interested in doing that so I can practice being behind the camera. I have so many actor friends that want real scenes done. So I've kind of volunteered myself for a couple of people. I'm like, look, if you let me practice on you, you can practice on me sort of thing. That's a great way to look at it. It's, you know, growing together, getting mm -hmm. better together and getting another thing in your notch in your belt of stuff you can do. Absolutely. I've, I don't want to be a one-trick pony, as my mom says. Um, I want to have multiple skills. That's why I've continued to explore being a social media manager in different ways like that. It's helped me with branding and marketing a bit. I've, I want to get involved. I really love editing and cinematography and ultimately directing, but like those two things um, have always interested me, and I want to be able to eventually create my own projects and be involved with those communities. Mm -hmm. And um, also, I'm like a huge, huge advocate for women in film. So I'm, I'm very much involved with women in film, the actual organization, and um, a website called Miz in the Biz, who I wrote for for about a year. Yeah. Well, if you go and if you find Katra on Instagram at uh, Katra Parkman, you'll see why we wanted to bring her on board. <laughs> She's so good at posting some 
very really interesting Instagram. She's not afraid to tell her opinions about things. She'll give reviews on on Netflix shows and on TV shows. You'll see what she's excited about, whether it's Twin Peaks or Game <laughs> of Thrones, which that's right now that's I'm pretty much ma- main Insta stories a lot of times, especially on Sundays. But you'll really get to know her. I think that's what I wanted to bring. You know, when Michael kind of mentioned asking her to be on, is that you get to know her through her Instagram. And that's something I knew our Instagram and our social media really needed someone, if nothing else, to advise us on, mm-hmm. you know, some good ways to do that because we want this to be a community. We want you guys to feel like you know myself and Michael and now Katra, and we want that our uh, Instagram to kind of be a part of that. And so mm-hmm. I thought she could have some really good insights. And I think, you know, Michael obviously did too since he suggested it, and it was really a no-brainer. And so we're super excited to have Ron. So now we have hashtag Team Beard. Uh, for for me, we have hashtag team uh, two team scoops, and then now we have hashtag team Slatra for Katra. Slatra, Slatra, <laughs> finish him. Shout out to Mike Tobias for Slatra. Yeah, he created that. <laughs> he gets credit for it. So she now you do listen to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so she's not completely unaware of what this show is. Thank goodness. No. She comes in like, what do y'all do? I hope I know what this is <laughs> if I'm helping your social media. So let's you know let's talk about some of the previous guests we've had since our last team hustle. Um, so we had John Christian from. Mm-hmm. Confessionals, which is on YouTube and Anime Unlocked. Um, what were some takeaways you guys had uh, from those uh, from those episodes? Well, one thing that I really appreciated about John was his complete honesty in terms of his and uh, his wife's relationship, and that she is the one that uh, she's also on Confessionals, but she's the one who has more of an established career and getting his insight into uh, being in a relationship with someone that's also just as if not more involved in the industry i thought that was incredible and just listening to how they approach creating that balance and also kind of the process in which he created confessionals in that it wasn't his original concept but how he was able to take it from that idea onto the page and be the one to then implement it and direct those episodes and daniel i don't know if you've had a chance to to watch the full series but it's incredible. It's yeah. really good quality. You know, I, I haven't watched the full series, but I've seen about two to three episodes, and they, it is. It's really good quality. They have some great great comedic timing, some great connections with each other, some great writing. And I think what I took away in that same sense with the relationship is how careful he was about, because it was his wife and uh, another uh, voiceover person mm-hmm. that kind of talked about the idea. And he was careful about not just stealing the idea and taking it. He was very respectful and asking them, are you sure this is okay? You know, he, he kept them involved mm-hmm. in it, which I thought was something you don't see a lot in Hollywood um, in the sense of people taking other people's ideas or, some you know, keeping them abreast of what's happening. It's all, It was also really cool to hear how young of an actor he is in a way and that mm-hmm. he really didn't embrace that performance side of him until he was in college. Yeah. And to, because for me, and it sounds like Katra, you're very much the same way and Daniel... Well, you, you and you and John actually have similar journeys, it sounds mm-hmm. like, in that you both didn't have opportunities uh, to perform For, early yeah, on. In the sense of like uh, uh, the... Built into the mold, school. Yeah, 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 built in the school system. Yeah, mine wasn't until high school. And yeah, this was even later to college, which I couldn't... Honestly, I couldn't imagine going through high school without theater. I, yeah. I don't know how my experience would have been different, but it would have been worse. My, my, that completely shaped my high school experience. Mm-hmm. But I had also been acting for a long time before then as well. Yeah. But to hear someone like John, who was very much an athlete mm-hmm. uh, in his youth, and how he applied that mentality into once he was said, okay, I'm going to start doing this, 
the tenacity that he's approached his career is really inspiring. Well, you know, one of the things kind of going off that is this idea of making your own opportunities. Like he, you know, crowdfunds his, his plays that he's written so he can produce them. He doesn't wait for someone else to say, I'm going to produce your play. He just goes out, rents a theater and produces it. Same with, you know, uh, confessionals. He raised the money. He went out. He shot it. He got a group together to put it and did it. And so putting that with the funding and going through all that is it's a struggle. And so anybody that goes through that and comes out it, okay. Alive. <laughs> yeah, alive and well <laughs> and gets to make what they want and are happy you know, with, with the outcome, no matter what the budget ended up being, is incredible. And I think that's something, you know, forging your own opportunities. No one's going to hand it to you. You know, DIY. You know, you got to do it yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, those were kind of my takeaways, definitely from John's episodes. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a great series and I'm really excited to, for the next season yeah. of Confessionals because I know that I think that's currently in the works. I know he said he's got ideas and he's mm-hmm. kind of, I don't think he, from last time I talked to him, he hadn't had written anything on paper yet, but he definitely had some ideas for it if it was to continue. So mm-hmm. hopefully it does. You yeah. Know? And hopefully, uh, Angie and Karen, uh, Felt like, you know, we gave them enough shout outs. And <laughs> I did, I did warn Angie. I was like, hey, just let you know I talked a little about you on this episode, but it's all good things. <laughs> all, all maybe, nice maybe things. she and Karen like texted back and like, are we okay with <laughs> are this? Are we okay? Do we need to silent treatment them out? <laughs> what do we got to do? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think those were some great takeaways mm-hmm. from there. Um, uh, Kate, before we move on, Kate, did you have any takeaways that you wanted? I mean, if not, it's fine. I just wanted to. It's, I mean, I don't want to repeat everything right. you guys just said because I'm on the same page. Mm-hmm. It's the whole making your own opportunities thing is now become the number one thing mm-hmm. entertainers need to focus on right. right now just because of the way the market is. So it's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, we talked about in Kurt's episode when you walk around LA or you drive around LA, it just feels like the city is just full of walls. It's yes. just every studio, just walls and walls and gates. And it's just, it gets to a point where you start thinking like, unless I storm the gate, I'm never going to get in <laughs> Please it. Please don't do that. Yeah, don't do <laughs> or, it. You will get arrested. Or in our, the next interview, Josh Otter, you create your own production company. <laughs> you create your gate. You know, you create your gate <laughs> yeah. and you build a team and a crew and establish relationships with people that will be with you as you grow as an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kedra, as you were just talking about how you're at the beginning stages of your filmmaking journey mm-hmm. and stuff, it was really inspiring to hear Josh's mm-hmm. uh, experience. And I've known Josh for a good few years now since being here in LA. He was the first film director that I worked with down here. But even then, I didn't know some of the some of his journey that he brought out during our interview. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just so cool to hear the story of this guy who he always had a passion for it. Financially, he wasn't able to do it for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes life happens like that and that you can't pursue your dream until you're ready. Yeah. And then once he did it and the support of Christine, his wife, mm-hmm. of, you know what, this is your dream, let's do it. Yeah. He made the decision to do it. Mm-hmm. He, made, he, he made a conscious go, I'm going to give this a shot. And he found a way to make it work. And that's And, and another thing that I took from him also was, using art to get out of your shell because he kind of talks about though you probably wouldn't know it from the show because he was so great yeah he was so dynamic but you know he talks about how he was kind of shy and he has a little bit of social anxiety sometimes and and i think how his being a director and and getting uh having to be around groups of people on a set uh when he was working just small jobs and stuff like that helped him as as a person 
come out a little bit and be more open to people and more open to talking to people. And I thought, you know, how awesome that is that art can do that. It brings you out. It's like, a, like I think we talked about like football games and stuff like that, how you'll hug a random stranger <laughs> when your team makes a basketball. But if you were like a grocery store, you wouldn't hug that guy randomly, you know? Oh, so I, I think that's But I feel great. like I'm the same way in that there are so many situations in which I can be the most shy person in the room. I'm, you know, I sometimes don't take that initiative to stand up and talk to people or anything like that. But the moment I'm on stage or you get on set or you're in that group of creative minds, mm -hmm. all of a sudden that performing aspect comes out or not performing, but just you open up. That character part of you comes yeah. out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, actors are actors are a weird dynamic where a lot of times it is this half like shy, but then you put them in the right spot and give them the right moment. And it's like, wait, who is that? Who's that person? <laughs> Who's that person again that we're looking at? Which kind of goes with Eric Knight, where he talks about having a different persona oh my uh, gosh. on stage. And like you, you're like, who is that guy? Yeah, and that all comes from his love of comic books, mm -hmm. of like falling in love with these superheroes who had their own alter egos, but also how he took that into pretending to be his own band manager mm -hmm. when it came to booking gigs and stuff early on into his career, just cold calling places and saying, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm the business manager mm -hmm. of Eric Knight. Uh, we're looking for a space to perform, mm -hmm. you know, and just really being tenacious in that you just keep going for it. You don't take no for an, for an answer. And what's really cool, you were talking about DIY, mm -hmm. like Eric's journey is a complete testament to that in that he is... As, as far as I remember from the interview and everything, he he never had someone else represent him. Yeah. He was always of the mind of like, the only way I can trust that this is going to happen is if I do it. Right. And he also enjoys it. Right. And it continued that theme of saying yes to opportunity. You know, making sure if something comes up, even if it's like, oh, I really don't have time to do that. If it's something that gets you to a better place, definitely take that time to to taste, just do it. Say yes. Like, you know, I think he talks about the guy asking him to put the band, a band together in like a day. And he could have said, oh, that's just, that's too hard. I don't know if I can do that. And he said, all right, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And he reached out and he did it. I mean, that's, that's how you make it. That's how you get up here. But then he's also done that and more. Like the guys founded companies, <laughs> you know, Mubu TV. Five. Like <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, in, it's incredible and it's inspiring. Mm -hmm. And you know, his support that, you know, ever since our recording of his interview and stuff, just sending us messages mm -hmm. of being like, you know, he really believes in this platform yeah. of sharing the stories of artists mm -hmm. and really focusing on the hustle. Because mm -hmm. whether you're a musician, magician, uh, what's another M? Oh, gosh, I can't think of it. Uh, maestro. Monarch. Oh, monarch. yeah, you're monarch. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's Mo be honest. Do monarchs have to hustle? I mean, I, I they're, the lead, they're the head of the government. They had to. Now they don't. Now they don't. But you you just have to keep going and you have to work hard. And like all, all three of these guests that we had are just sheer examples of, you know, the success that they've reached is because of how much they keep on going. I didn't really notice, but it's funny how, and I don't know if, because I know you put a little bit of the schedule, release schedule together, but how all of these are very DIY. They're all do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Like all in how weird that theme overall, it's kind of put together in those three episodes in a row, uh, kind of came out, which is really cool. And it, it's, it's important to remember to, to be gracious, even if you do do it yourself, like, you know, Eric, you say Eric, you know, thanking us and which I mean, we could do the same, like thanking him over and over again for coming on and being a part of this. Uh, he was one of the first interviews we, we had uh, when we started doing this. And so, um, 
you know, it's anybody that takes their time to be on the show. It means nothing more than the world, you know? And so, uh, thank you to Eric. Thank you to Josh. Uh, uh, definitely thank you to John for coming on and, and sharing your thoughts and your stories, because I know you're, you're, it's definitely touching people out there and, and, and in, a, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, any, any final thoughts on, on those episodes before we move on to our meat and potatoes of the episode? <laughs> Um, I, became farms I just remembered uh, Eric Knight's uh, answer to one of his MySpace questions. The question being, uh, if you could go back in time, when would you go? And his response being, a happy time. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of happy times. <laughs> so, you know, this week we've talked a lot about, you know, our journeys um, to L.A. We talked about uh, getting to know each other with me and Michael and, and one of the things when I, when I started this podcast and had the idea for this initially is that I wanted it to be real. I wanted that real conversation. And I think we've, we're slowly progressing and evolving to more and more of that. Um, sometimes it's hard for people to talk about those things. They want to look like, oh, I'm making it. I'm doing okay. And so telling, you know, talking about living in a van or having to sit by a payphone to get your agent on the line and and your you know stuff like that can yeah, be the hard. Michael J Fox treatment yeah yeah <laughs> uh, you know making making heating up a can of beans in the middle of a uh, you know furnitureless apartment you know it's it's stuff like that where they don't know you know people don't have to have that story but if there's those struggles that's what part of this podcast is about so I wanted to kind of bring on especially I think <laughs> with Kater's first Team Hustle episode I'm ready for it <laughs> uh, let's go know, she let, cracks her knuckles you know we, we all <laughs> she, oh god she's gonna punch me in the face she's doing that 10,000 army face um, but you know I know all of this I know I do and I this kind of came from me thinking about this one night have internal struggles that hold us back um, our own fears our own worries our own um, uh, faults that keep us from really getting to what we want and, and or going towards it 110%. And so I kind of want to just go around and just kind of talk about that. And, and, you know, maybe someone here or somebody listening may have some thoughts and advice or you, you know, if you're listening, you may be feeling the same thing. And, and so it's good to know that you're not the only one. Um, especially when you, when things like, you know, Chester Bennington and, mm-hmm. and, and, um, Chris Cornell, and you hear things like that where it's just, it gets hard and it, and that struggle is real. And sometimes you do feel like you're by yourself and you don't know how to get past it. And, and so, it doesn't matter in terms of levels of success. Yeah, obviously it, 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 it reaches across all platforms right. in this industry. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit in this episode. And so especially we're going through change mm-hmm. and in, in the podcast, you know, maybe this can lead towards that in our own lives. Um, also, I mean, I'll even start, you know, one of the biggest things for me is that, um, I put a lot of pressure on myself to prove other people wrong. And I feel like and maybe it's it's probably all in my head that people have a perception of how far I can go and who I am all through my life. And for me, being just coming to LA was a huge step towards that where it's like, no, I'm not gonna stay in Texas. I'm not just gonna be stuck doing this and this and this. I'm going for something bigger. And I'm going to prove those people out there that didn't think I could make it and do something bigger than what they expected. I'm going to prove them wrong and, and, and prove myself right. And that's something I really struggle with a lot. And I think that also holds me back, though, because I worry too much about that. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, I overthink that. And that's definitely something for me that I've, I've fought with for a long time of letting either letting that go or continually turning into more of a passion and less of a hindrance, mm-hmm. you know. 
<laughs> no, no, you laugh. Yeah. No. Um, Awkward silence. No, I, th- I think uh, I think we can all we all have that sense mm-hmm. at times of like you know we want to just keep on going mm-hmm. to whether it's to prove a point or you get so tunnel vision on this one thing. I, I think it's it happens to me all the time, and I think. I, not to say this could be a solution or anything like that, but it could just be an opportunity to take a step back and. I like to break the tension. What, you, you got you got to do the beard for it anyway. We're not we're not, we're not cutting that. That's just too good. <laughs> but what were you saying? Uh, I, right. What was I saying? No, I. You're being very thoughtful and deep. No, I, th- I think it's so easy to be so focused on doing a specific thing. And it's also, it's part of the commute element that we as just humans, as species, we all create commutes, whether it's traffic or our mental daily schedules of what we do every single day. And it's so easy to get trapped up in that. I think it's a time of when you need to know you need to rest. Mm-hmm. You need to give that idea a rest. Not... You know, maybe if you're losing sleep over this, Daniel, you definitely need sleep. <laughs> definitely, yeah, I do. But, That's but not why I'm losing sleep. Sometimes it's it really does take a moment to step away from a project mm-hmm. for maybe an afternoon, a day, a couple days, and just let it sit right. and let it ruminate. Right. Well, I guess is there something in y'all's past that still kind of is tied to you that maybe either it can be a, a push, but also can be kind mm-hmm. of a, a cinder block on tied to your ankle. Um, I, I do, and it's actually kind of the flip side of what you just shared, Daniel. And I, I have an overwhelmingly positive amount of support in my life, which is amazing. And not a lot of people have, and I realize how I'm very grateful for it and blessed. But ever since I was eight, like a baby, everyone in my family and friends is like, oh, she's going to be successful. That's it. So I had this immense pressure all the time is why, haven't, why hasn't it happened yet? People have been cheering me on and expecting it to happen since I was a baby and here I am fairly young for this industry feeling like I'm so far behind because I have nothing to show for it yet. And trying to explain to these people, it takes time. Just because I've been in, wanting to do this since I was a toddler, I haven't really been pursuing it for that long, seriously. And it, it's gonna take more than a couple of years to have something to show for it. And they're like, well, why isn't it? People who aren't in the industry don't understand why it's not just easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I think that's a perception of the industry where it's yes. like lazy or oh they just learn lines and they go on stage exactly. and they or, say those lines or they think that there's a specific track that you need to go on. Mm-hmm. Like if you meet so and so and you do this amount of work, it'll beget a short film and that will beget a bit major mm-hmm. film and so on and so forth. Well, I forget who I was talking. It may have been with you, Michael. I was talking with recently about how you know people see someone get some amount of success. Like, let's take Kurt, for example. And and, and I, I don't think you would mind me sharing this, but, you know, he was on Glee, and you, you see him, he had a solo on Glee, and you think, that guy's going to make it. Like, that That's guy's, it. He's made it. He's, he's making, when you see him on a show, they're obviously paying him tons of money because he was this big part on Glee, a reoccurring right. part. And you go, no, he still, he still fights. He still works. He, he, he still was, hustles. He thought every day while filming Glee, like, oh, well, that's the last one. Yeah, every day was going to be the last one until it wasn't. And, you know, a, a, again, a plug for his uh, Story Matters podcast. He has a story recently about a uh, two-parter that was kind of the finale for his season one about going to New York and auditioning for mm-hmm. um, Newsies. And 
it you know you hear it and you just remember like yeah yeah he was on Glee and he had this 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 awesome experience but it doesn't mean that when you see him on another show he's getting paid more money because of that experience he's still working he's still hustling he's still not going to bed till 4 a.m. in the morning because he's doing all these other projects and so I think it's definitely interesting that outside perspective that yeah. people have on this business and this industry. Yes. And it's like living up to expectations that aren't necessarily reality for mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and having to either just kind of go with it or try to explain it to them, which also usually goes south. And so it's, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting world to navigate. Right. Absolutely. How about you, Mike? Is there anything from, you know, back your past or something that you hold on to that may keep you, uh, from achieving your complete, reaching my full potential, yeah, reaching your full potential, quote unquote. Well, something I've definitely learned about myself from my acting class, and I think any type, if you're an actor, if you get in an acting class, not only you're going to learn about the craft, but you learn a lot about yourself as a person and certain behaviors that you allow yourself to have. And one thing that I found myself is that I care more about others than I care about myself. Being the, meaning, I have like you know you go into a scene. I have this important circumstance that I'm focusing on, but as soon as someone else enters the scene, I drop whatever I'm doing and I. You give the power up, and I, I give the power up, and I also give the power up in my day to day life, mm-hmm. and that can be a struggle in terms of like I have my own artistic journey. I have just not even artistic journey. I have my own life goals that I want to achieve, that I want to do one day. But I keep finding moments where I'm letting that thing drop so that I can, you know, focus on something else. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, I just recognize, I've recognized about myself. It, maybe it comes from being like that middle son in a little bit, like having two older brothers and a younger sister. I was always the one trying to play balance, mm-hmm. the balancing act of like making sure everyone was happy and everything was good and stuff. But down here in this career and living in Los Angeles and stuff, it's so easy, especially when you're, as a creative, you're saying yes to every opportunity that comes your way. It's very easy to lose track in some ways of your own journey. Absolutely. And that's something that, you know, I have dealt and I'm currently dealing with and hoping, looking forward, looking to see, not to deflect that, because I don't think that's a bad quality of caring for others, but how to... I hate to say the word manage, but just know how to use it in the best of its ability. Well, it's that balance of finding when should it be about me and when should it be about other people. And and it almost is like dual thing that you have to carry at all times where you have to be conscious of other people, but also understand like some, you know, if somebody asks for you for help and you haven't been to bed before 6am every morning, it's okay to say, no, I'm sorry. I can't help you. Mm-hmm. I need to get some sleep. I need a day. Like, you know, sometimes that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's not a bad thing. And, and and I think it's remembering that you need to watch out for yourself along with other people, not just other people, you know? Yeah. No, because for me, like if an opportunity presents itself, like, hey, are you available to do this show or something like that? I have a really hard time looking at it mm-hmm. as of like, how would this impact the surrounding interests that I'm already committed to? Mm-hmm. And it it's a struggle for me to sometimes say no, not now. Is there, are you worried that saying no to this will have ripple effects for future events? I think so. 
And just because there's sir, there's future, just future opportunities, not yeah. future events, but future, <laughs> future events, future events of history. You can stop time, Michael. <laughs> you started all of this when you said no to that <laughs> that one play. Oh my gosh, what, what was that movie like? The Butterfly Effect? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in like every sci-fi show right now, anyways. Mm. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm in my own sci-fi show. <laughs> Your life is a sci-fi show. S Y F Y, not S C I F I. Exactly. <laughs> I hope our listeners got that. <laughs> the clarification. I was saying it's on the network, not in the genre. <laughs> oh, but that that's something that I think is important at, that I recently came to terms with of just whether it's being an actor, being a creative in my day-to-day life. It's knowing when to wh- know when that person needs me mm-hmm. the most and when to also pursue my own interests. Right. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what What else do you guys struggle with that you think kind of holds you back? So this is my main thing, mm-hmm. the comparison game. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, and it has been <laughs> extra bad this last year, and I completely blame social media for it. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Mm, okay. And you're on you're on notice, social media. <laughs> But no. Says Katra, our social media consultant. <laughs> I'm a little salty. I apologize. I keep asking her to help us out. She goes, I hate social media. No, no. And she I actually love It's like, it's an actual love-hate relationship. But like, I love it, but I also hate it I can tell because when we talk about it, it's like this fire of anger. You understand? I grew up with social media. So I mm-hmm. was the age of, so I was born in the mid-90s, was already phasing out of the analog. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I was really cognizant of life and everything around me, I was already thrust into like DVDs, MP3s, the internet, that kind of thing. I started owning my own internet and computer when I was like 11 years old. I got on social media at 13. I've been on it for almost 10 years now. I've, since the beginning of Instagram, so Twitter, that's so crazy because I literally was not on it till like 21. <laughs> so, and for me, I think I was about 17 when mm. I first joined Facebook. Which makes sense because, well, you know, if, if you've seen the movie, uh, Facebook was or only the social a social network. Yeah, 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 the movie social network. Um, Facebook was eventually uh, was for a while only available to college students. You had to have a college email. And your college had to be on a list. Mm-hmm. And so, like, my first college was not on that list. And we didn't have access to it. And so it took a few more years before I could actually get on Facebook, which just is crazy now to think about. I, I believe I joined Facebook 2009. That was no longer a feature because mm-hmm. I was able to join at 14. So I joined around um, 2004. I think around 2005 is when they dropped that feature. So back to the point yes. is um, the comparison game. And I... This really does stop me a lot of the times because I'm, you know, I'm feeling good about myself. Things are going great. I'm actually making great progress. If you actually step back and look at what I'm doing and the effort I'm putting into my life, and then I hop online and I see about everyone's curated stories on their social media about how wildly successful everyone is. And a part of me knows a lot of that is kind of, you know, put on. I, I know these people personally. I know actually what they're doing, but for some reason there's a disconnect. When I go online, I'm like, look, at, I mean, oh my gosh. They're like on set every single day. They're auditioning four times a day. It's like, and I start comparing. Like, yeah. what, what am I doing wrong that I don't have that? Mm-hmm. And it's, a lot of it was subconscious for a while. I didn't even realize I was doing this until I started to feel more and more depressed and isolated and... I mean, I have always been overwhelmingly excited and happy for my friends when they succeed, but I, I realized I was getting into a place where I was feeling like I was doing something wrong. Cause like, why is every, 
why are all my friends succeeding and I'm the one left out? So then I started thinking, what am I doing wrong? Is there something wrong with me? You know, it starts imploding and it just gets really it, it messy. Snowballs. It yeah. does. <laughs> it does until you realize, wow, I, first of all, I need to celebrate my wins mm-hmm. um, and maybe step offline for a few days <laughs> and talk to some real people in real life. Um, because when I talked to those same people in real life, they were like, no, I mean, like, that's what I could put on on social media, but I'm struggling too. Even the people I know who are on television shows right now and they, or in positions that I want to be, um, they're like, they have their own set of problems. It doesn't, problems don't ever go away. They just kind of shift around. Um, their new challenges are presented. And so the idea that, oh, when I get to that place, I'm not going to have no challenges or problems anymore is completely unrealistic and not Please continue happen. to talk in that accent for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> it was like actually. a weird, almost Irish, but like Scottish accent at the same time. I'm actually time. Scottish and Irish, so it's possible. Just... <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's easy to go from Scottish and Irish accents, and I just got water all over my pants. <laughs> nice. I watched that happen. For all those listening right now. It just, yep. I'm having a lot of issues with water today. <laughs> Water's not my friend. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm uh, Bruce Willis from Unbreakable. <laughs> so my, I, I see a lot of people doing this, and it's a huge problem right now is comparison and reminding yourself every day that we are all on our own journeys and I I see articles all the time of successful actors and people in entertainment who didn't get started until way later in their life or they had like there was an article that was released the other day about uh, Mark Ruffalo and how he auditioned over 600 times before he got cast in anything of significance 600 times looking back at my audition tracker I'm like okay I've got a waste I'm at like seven I'm at like (laughs) you know and so I Comparison. That's yeah. all I gotta say. Well, you know, it's it's, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little not shade. Shade's not the right. What's the um a positivity compliment towards you? Um, is that's one thing I really like about your social media is you'll you'll post a video where it's like, guys, I feel like crap today. Uh, I do do that. I, did, I didn't sleep well. I have a major headache. Um, just, I'm not. I'm not mocking you, but it's no. That, it's what I do. But that's kind of thing. <laughs> and it's like that is awesome because it's it's hard to remember that some people only post the good things that happen to them. That's not how real life works. Yeah, or something funny, a funny accident. Like I lost my tire because a clown stepped in front of the car. You know, ha ha ha. ha, ha. But like people don't post like. I'm stuck in the middle of nowhere with, you know, my phone's about to die and I have an audition to get to in 20 minutes that is probably, I'm probably not going to get and it's probably already cast. Like, you know, people don't post stuff like that. And yeah. so it's, it's so, and it, I, I'm the same boat. I know Michael and I have talked about this extensively before. Um, and so I think we've talked about it with other guests before is that it's the comparison effect is so real. And, and I appreciate that you go on and you're honest about when you're not feeling well or maybe an interview an audition or an interview didn't go so great because I think that's important for more people to do to let them know like hey not every day I'm on set and things are going great maybe for some people it does happen and we've heard stories of some of those people but some people just omit the eight days between the ten days that they you know the, the two days they got to work you exactly know? I'm glad that that's you guys view that as a positive thing because I was doing it kind of without realizing it for a long time. And then someone, one person said, oh, like you gotta be careful about being negative. It's gonna tarnish your brand. And I'm like, I don't really care. At the time I really didn't care. And then I had a bunch of people say positive things being Mm -hmm. like, oh, thank you for being just honest. Cause you're not overly negative, but you're just more real about Mm -hmm. things. And they appreciated that. So I was like, well, if people are appreciating it, then I'll go with it. There's a difference between being real and just talking about how you feel at this moment. Yes. Then going, life is 
no fun. No one ever loves me. Uh, because you're giving a real opinion, not just yes. complaining. Yeah, you know, there that's is a, a difference, difference mm-hmm. you know? Well, and I also really appreciate that because I know for me that comparison game can halt what I'm doing. I know for me, in terms of my own social media, I very much halted from posting and stuff because so much th- what, over the past year did I see people's successes. And I felt like all I was seeing was that positivity. So I haven't posted much. Not not to say that I don't have positive things going on. Obviously I do, but it became so Thanks, much- Thanks, Michael. <laughs> it, it felt like it was being so much more of like one-upping mm-hmm. yeah. every other post. It always like, oh, well, you know, been here for a year and I'm already sag and you know worked with the Cohen brothers and you know all, all of these oh, things I, I, somebody gave me a free apartment and oh, God, <laughs> I found my I, people offered me a job right when I got here and it's like okay, now you're I'm so happy for you but but hearing though Katra on your side of like you know what not gonna gloss it all over mm-hmm. I'm just going to be who I am which is I think the whole purpose of social media at the be to begin with mm-hmm. was that it is just to connect mm-hmm. and it you know for facebook at least for friends to just stay in touch and i feel like there are some friendships that i've seen that are just purely you know giving me the good news but not giving me the bad oh i give i give mike the bad news all the time yeah you do (laughs) i'm i'm watching as a person who's grown up with social media and is entrenched in it right now is i've seen it go from being social media where you're just talking with people and having conversations and connecting to just being marketing yeah. which is a whole different thing mm-hmm. um and it's kind of weeding into our personal lives i think a little bit so we just got to be aware of it yeah i think that's also a benefit though because i because you didn't go the traditional college route right whereas i know i did and, and daniel you did and you know, for me, I got my degree in theater, which I'm very happy to have done that. I got my degree in dramatic arts. However, there's certain things like marketing, social media that were not taught, certain aspects of the business that were super relevant, that we did not receive that information. So it, it is all of a balancing act. But I think now it's more prevalent, so it is being taught more. I think mm-hmm. now branding yourself in social media and, and stuff like that. But I think you can't let that idea of like, I have to be spit, you know, I have to be spit shine perfect at all times. You know, I, I think the, the, the stuff, not to get too much into like social media engagement, but like the, the posts I want to engage with are when people like, you know, I, man, I'm sitting in a parking lot crying because I just had a terrible audition. Hashtag someone help me. You know, it's like, oh, I'll it's, help you. It's like funny, <laughs> but you're like, you, you, you feel it. Like, I yes. get that. I understand that. I don't understand. Hey, I just saw a guy in a wiener shirt. It was awesome. Like, I don't, okay, I don't, I'm not going to engage with that. Like, great. you know what I mean? Great, great. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> but it is also good to uh, throw back to something you were talking about just a couple of minutes ago that some of the people, the artists that we look up to, mm-hmm. like, you know, the John Hams, you know, uh, Gene Hackman, people who didn't have social media when they were coming around. Mm-hmm. But we are in the thick of it now. We don't think of the years in which they weren't working. Mm-hmm. We we know them for their successes, but not for those periods of, you know, the, the years of which they were just waiting for opportunities. Well, and even think now how weird that must be for them when a public's like, you got to get on Twitter. 
you got to get on Instagram. And like, I, I like, don't um, why? That, I didn't need that before. I'm, Ro- I'm Robert De Niro. I don't <laughs> need to get on Instagram. <laughs> like, if that ever happens. <laughs> and that is my Robert De Niro impression right there. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that, 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 that that's your Robert De Niro? <laughs> oh, God. I know. Oh, God. You asked for it. Well, yeah, I know I did. I brought it on. I unleashed the wolf. Um, but, no, like, that's, you know, it's got to be such a weird, different perception on their part of this. Like, you got to be on social media now. And it's like, well, it's, Why? Like I've I've been doing this for years. I don't. I'm Robert De Niro. Well, I feel like for them, they're on social media because they've already they've reached that level of success, so they can be a voice for other issues, other platforms. That's important for them. Hopefully, yeah. You know, like the Leo DiCaprio didn't have a Twitter account when he was doing uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, (laughs) Uh, or did he? Or did he? It wasn't around. But you know, he is using his voice and his celebrity Mm -hmm. to push Mm -hmm. certain. Information, right? Uh, in that may otherwise go unnoticed mm-hmm. by certain people. Um, I, so, an, another thing I, I know for me, and and I feel like Michael probably feels it too, a hindrance that I have is talking myself out of it, um, coming up with reasons why I'm not doing it. I don't have time. Uh, I have a full time job and a family. When do I have time to do this? You know, just continually talking about it. But never, and always saying, I don't have time. It's like, well, are you scheduling yourself time? And like, this is me telling you, like, am I scheduling myself time? Am I finding Mm -hmm. time? You know, there's times when I'm doing other things that's not related to work or family when I could probably be doing something towards my career, but I am choosing not to. And, you know, someone told me before, like, you know, taking your day and writing everything you do in a week and then at the end of the week looking back and seeing how much time you waste doing stuff that you could have been doing towards your goal. And that's definitely a big thing for me is making excuses and not pretending, but forcing myself to feel this weird. I don't have time. Well, when I do have time, I don't want to do. I just want to relax, you know, and and not procrastination element a little bit. Absolutely. And I think that's a huge hindrance that I have in myself. The, the scripts we tell ourselves are more powerful than we realize. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they're true, the things we tell ourselves every day become who we are and our worldview. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've really had to take a look at recently because I was very similar. Like, I don't have time to do this X, Y, Z. But then I looked at my... You sounded like a Muppet? <laughs> I really hope that whenever you talk to yourself, you're always talking to yourself in a different accent. I do do that a lot, I've realized. <laughs> I do it too. It's okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't have time to do X, Y, Z. And... I, but then I look at someone like, wait a second, they're doing like 10 times more than I am. We had the same amount of time in the day. What's different? And they don't have the same scripts. They don't have the same things they tell themselves. They don't, they, you know, they make time. And I'm not saying that they're going crazy and not sleeping or anything like that. But I, I stepped back and realized, you know what? If I, if I start to, again, like schedule things in advance or group tasks together or just really be aware of how I'm spending my time, I realized I had a lot more flexibility than I thought I did. Um, and if something's important to you, it will find a way into your, your life. You know, it, you may think, you may think, for instance, for me, I was like, I'm never going to date. It's never going to happen. I don't have time. You know, all <laughs> Thanks, I, Audrey Hepburn. thank you. <laughs> and I just made up in my mind that because I don't have time, that's never going to happen. And then when it did start happening, I was like, wait, I actually do have the time. If I like someone, I'm going to make the time. Thank you, Katie. I think it's definitely important to remember if you're passionate about something, you'll make time for it. And, and remembering to force to not allow excuses. It's like losing weight. Well, I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to go do this. Well, if it's important to you, you'll do it. You know, um, 
Michael, is there anything that kind of you feel that we haven't talked about that maybe kind of keeps you tied down a little bit? Uh, just looking at this list here that I wrote for myself. I mean, you guys have each touched on uh, some of them, but uh, and I think this kind of connects to everything that we've talked about. But for me, I'm really hard on myself. Like I have a really hard time letting down indecisions, bad decisions, making a decision. Like I'm really hard on myself sometimes. Uh, it kind of speaks into uh, editing, self-editing yourself, like talking yourself out of writing a script, talking yourself out of writing uh, an introduction email to an agency or something. Like I have a hard, I, I just get really hard on myself to the point where it makes it, it, it stops me from taking action on certain things that I should be doing. But I, I allow, for whatever reason, but I allow certain moments to hit me. And the, you know, the after effects is much harder than the initial hit, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. And try, I'm currently working on trying to not get down on that as much. Mm-hmm. But it can be, you know, I think someone, either of you were saying earlier, like, I could be having a great day, and then, like, I just remember, like, ah, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Or why did I make that choice? Or why couldn't I make that choice? Mm-hmm. And that will get at me. That that eats away at me at times. My, my wife likes to call me dramatic sometimes, and I... Uh... I defend you, myself. A, a creative? Dramatic? No, never. And I defend it against a lot of times because I don't feel like I'm always dramatic, but I do feel like in that sense sometimes if like something, if I try really hard at something or I try to get something done and it just falls apart, sometimes I, I, I don't use it to not continue forward, but I get so upset or so frustrated that I kind of give up mm-hmm. and I, you know, and I tell myself, oh, I need a break, you know, oh, I can't get the script working. So I, t- I need to take a three week break from it and it's like what why like why would you want to do that but it's that weird like i'm this you know that something not working or something failing um or missing an opportunity and like taking it so personally on myself um and so i you know and i know my i know you're definitely a lot of ways the same way you 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 do put wear a lot on your sleeve and take a lot on your shoulders i've even seen you like doing a scene where if something's not working how frustrated you can get (laughs) at yourself Mm -hmm. um because you know you start wondering well am i doing something wrong Mm -hmm. um even if it's probably not you that's Mm -hmm. you know causing issues and i think that's something that uh is definitely across the board probably a lot of people especially (laughs) um artists uh can definitely have issues doing and not letting themselves just go accept it easily and go, okay, you know what? It didn't work out and I'll try something else. Yeah. It's, I need to embrace more of the mentality that I'll have in class where, oh, okay. I did that. Didn't work. Moving on. It's okay. I learned from it. And it's, and it's that thing, right? It's that, you know, why did I wait so long to do this? Mm -hmm. As opposed to letting that eat away at me, I need to be able to just look at it, assess it, see what I can apply now. Mm-hmm. be in the now as opposed to constant, constantly looking back at the past and just keep going, mm-hmm. not let it weigh me down. Absolutely. But so we're all talking about, you know, what gets us down and our failures and everything. Kedra, I'm really interested to hear you uh, answer this question because a lot of this podcast we talk about is Los Angeles mm-hmm. and the places that we go in this city to inspire us, mm-hmm. especially in these moments where we're feeling so down and whether it's you know creatively stopped or anything like that so 
Katra, maybe you can start. I know Daniel and I have spoken at length <laughs> about times. this subject, whether it's food, uh, the food hustle sometimes. but uh, The food hustle is real. The food hustle is real. Uh, but where do you go in Los Angeles to when, when you're feeling these moments of doubt and pressure? Okay. Um, I, I'm still exploring LA as I've only lived here about a year. Even though I've been in Southern California my whole life, most of my experience is in Orange County. Um, as far as recently where I've gone, it's n- not as much been a place, but more of a feeling. And I usually go to my friends. So I, I have certain close groups of friends that I know the second I see them, I feel this immediate relief because they get me, we get each other. I know there's no expectations that we need to entertain each other or anything like that. It's so easy. And it just, in a city where everything, there's so much, there's so much at stake. You're always expected to be on all the time and perfect and, you know, talented and all this stuff. I've found groups of people that I don't need to be anything but myself in that moment. And that is so relaxing to me. So my escape is honestly allowing myself to hang out with friends with no other agenda, you know, not going to a networking event with friends, not, you know, going to a film festival with friends. It's like, no, just hanging out with friends. Michael and I have talked about how hard as an actor, especially in LA, it is to go somewhere and not talk business, not talk podcast, not talk work, and just hang out be there yeah i've i actually love universal studios even though that's like that's such a hollywood place so you go wizarding world <laughs> <laughs> oh no i'll take you Yay. um i so i have a pass and i my parents got me a pass for like a birthday christmas thing and it has been an amazing escape just to go and have fun and we've got that park just we have that thing figured out we can do the entire park in like a couple hours me and my <laughs> oh, friends yeah, absolutely. um because we we now know what we like and what we do and mm-hmm. I, I like that hanging out with friends um joshua tree is an amazing place i've only gone like twice in my life but the two times i've gone it's only about two hours outside of la it's the most beautiful place at night you can see the stars i'm a huge space nerd so anything where i can like stargaze mm-hmm. so serene and amazing to me and honestly, going down to Orange County to visit my parents, getting outside of LA, even if that means going back to the OC, as boring as Orange County is to me, it's still very relaxing. There's parking spaces everywhere. <laughs> there's wait what? There's parking spaces <laughs> everywhere for free all day. As far as the eyes can see. I know giant ones too. You could fit two of my cars in each spot. No, and you're just hanging out with them, and you know, watching TV, and just being with people that I love that don't expect anything from me. Mm-hmm is amazing and i highly encourage everyone if they're not hanging out with people just to hang out with people you need to schedule that into your life in some way because it's so so relaxing and rejuvenating Mm -hmm. you know not to have an agenda attached to every single thing you do Mm -hmm. is i think really important Mm -hmm. yeah well it's so easy to become isolated uh in this town we were obviously just talking about it how the scripts that we live with on our day-to-day lives, it's so easy to be stuck doing the same thing every single day. Mm-hmm. And how amazing it is to just get taken out of that stress cave mm-hmm. sometimes and just be with others and, you know, hear, hear what's going on with them, not only with just their careers or anything, but just what's going on with their life. Like, I love hearing about Nolan mm-hmm. and, like, all the things that that kid is up to. And, you know. He asked for his Uncle Dido quite a bit the last few weeks. There just, we go, just Nolan. Letting you know. There we go. We were in Texas, and he kept bringing up Uncle Dido. Is Uncle Dido coming? For some reason, I was like, no, he's not coming to Texas. I am, I'm sorry, Nolan. I'm not going to drive <laughs> all the way to Dallas, Texas. I need you to drive 2,000 miles. Is that your nickname? 
that's his, that's what his, that's what his nephew he's nieces and nephews call him so that's oh. what we've yeah so my my niece molly uh for the first few years um of her life my mom was a big part of her upbringing and my mom's british and so she says my name michael <laughs> and my niece growing up she would try and copy that pattern of Didle because she couldn't say my and k and so she she calls me Didle and even mm. though she's now 11 happy birthday Molly happy um, birthday she still to this day calls me uncle Didle mm-hmm. and so it's like that's that's my that's my uh uncle name uncle name yeah, I'm that's uncle really D cute. that's yeah. I, I, I'm uncle D to my nieces and nephews so anytime like when Angie and I started dating her nieces her her nephews we told them you know call me uncle D once you know we got to know each other and stuff like that so that sounds like a mafia name I was yeah. gonna say it sounds like a rap name so <laughs> I'll take both <laughs> thank you guys um no it's it, so I, I totally agree you have to find things outside to get out of the headspace and not let yourself be surrounded too much by this world. Yeah, by the mental and physical traffic yeah. that is Los Angeles. Getting off social media sometimes and not letting yourself so get sucked in too much, you know, and, and hang out with people that you can just relax with and not have to talk about what you're doing and what you're writing and what you're about to produce or are you working on anything, like just t- joking around and having a good time. Yes. Um, super important. Mm-hmm. Um and I think you know something. A, bit, a good takeaway from this is everybody has fears, everybody has worries, everybody's got pasts, and it's important to let yourself let let yourself look towards the future, look towards your goal, and just go for it. And don't allow if you really want it, talk yourself out of the things you try to talk yourself out of, mm-hmm. uh, if that makes sense, you know. And and, and remember, we're all here, and if you call someone um mm-hmm. you know i call michael a lot and just complain and <laughs> and not about him but just in general and uh you know he he's kind enough to let me rant for a good 20 minutes and then he kind of gives me advice yeah or for, you know for me one of the people i'll reach out and call is kel our mm-hmm. sound engineer and mm-hmm. just checking in with him and what's going on with his life and you know he he has a big uh, trip that's coming up soon. He's going to be going to Japan. Mm-hmm. So, like, getting to hear about the excitement that's there and, mm-hmm. you know, getting news, talking to people that get you away from talking about yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's that's the big thing. And Absolutely. I think that's sometimes the mental space that we need to be in around others and to talk about other things other than what we are doing. Mm-hmm. We're so much in the business of always selling who we are and what it is that we're doing mm-hmm. that it's... We need that break. You kind of get stuck. It becomes this routine that you have to break yourself out of. Like I have to remember to post on my personal Instagram <laughs> and get off the so you know the Hollywood hustle sometimes. Daniel, I thought you had a son. Where is he? <laughs> I don't remember his name. <laughs> oh no, we definitely live in a bit of a bubble in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, and it's you can pop the bubble. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's possible. And um, it's just good to be aware of that. I, I remember, and I wish I could travel more, and I, that's a huge goal of mine in the future because when I did go on a, a massive traveling like vacation with my mom two years ago, we went to the UK, and being in these small towns where people have lived there all their lives and they don't know anything of the entertainment industry, these people are in the highlands of Scotland. Like, they don't have any idea what we're doing in our lives. <laughs> And just like getting their experiences and like, oh my gosh, like there's a whole world out there of different <laughs> lives. And they're, they're in buildings that are older than this town. <laughs> you yes. know, and it's just a pub. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So 
as much as people can get out of LA and experience, whether that means mentally or physically, and experience as much as possible that's not what you're used to, getting out of your comfort zone, that is, I think, the best relief. Mm-hmm. And I think unknowingly that will also make a positive impact on your creative career yes that taking those moments to just go out and be inspired by life and just you know committing to you know focusing on life and you know improvements and building relationships relationships it will definitely make an impact on your creative career because you'll have more to draw from i think the same thing go even you know getting off social media but at the same time be more of an engager and less of a presenter like engage with other people, find out who they are. That I think also could help you creatively mm-hmm. and, and hopefully help you come up with better uh, casting breakdowns <laughs> down the road as yes. you get to know that people are not just this one thing in life. They're, they're complex people. And I think that's yes. maybe why people have so much trouble writing character breakdowns because they can't think too complex. <laughs> they're still in the bubble. They're still in the bubble. Yeah. Get out of the bubble. But <laughs> someone who we are so excited to be joining the Hollywood Hustle bubble is... Katra Parkman. Katra Parkman! Thank you so much for having me on. She keeps it real, y'all. Yeah, she does. (laughs) And she's going to be around a lot more often. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving forward, she might even be doing some of the intros and outros Mm -hmm. of some of our interviews. That was something we didn't talk about, actually, was that, uh, as you've heard recently, uh, the intros and outros have been a little more independent. Yeah, uh, just Michael Solo. or just me. Um, you know, like I, I, I talked about in one of them, you know, sometimes it's hard for Michael and I to get together several times a week. And so we have to decide are we going to get together for an interview or for intros and outros? What's the most important thing? And obviously, being there together for the interviews is more important than just intros and outros. So from going forward, I think most of those are going to be solo. Uh, one of us will do part one, one of us will do part two, unless one of us for some reason can't do either one. Um, and I, Michael, thank you so much for recently doing both. I know that's a lot of work and some some work work that has to be put in. Oh yeah, it was a it was a good Saturday of just constantly <laughs> working stuff, and then only to find out afterwards that. Uh, <laughs> The sound nook that I thought I had created that was creating excellent sound did not. No, so you created this weird echo chamber. Yeah, <laughs> I apologize uh, to our listeners' ears for for that. It wasn't bad. It was just different. <laughs> it was different. Different. Yeah. But uh, but thank you for taking that on while I was gone. I really appreciate oh, it. I hope but, you uh, had a good time. Did you so eat queso? I I did. I, I did, but not like the. It was kind of chain queso. It wasn't That's like, like the, the hashtag of your life is like, where's the queso? Where's the hashtag where's the queso? <laughs> Team Beard hashtag where's the queso? Um, but so that's is something else that's coming. No, coming up over mm-hmm. the next month, we have some awesome. I di- I didn't write them in the notes. You got unless yeah. you've written them down. Yeah. Well, uh, Daniel, you sit down on a one-on-one interview with actress, writer, producer, director, entrepreneur. Alyssa Carter, mm-hmm. um, you know, Alyssa and Daniel, they go into their her journey from San Jose to Los Angeles, as well as the evolution of her goals and careers from actress to writer to producer to director and casting all the way to running her own uh, real production company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we break up, uh, then we, uh, we break everything up to discuss it and then put it back together in a really engaging conversation that uh, I get to join in Act Two. Absolutely, that. absolutely. And you know, we also have—I uh, mentioned him earlier—a casting director that casts uh, reality shows coming up down the line. Yeah, unscripted television. Jazz Trice. Mm-hmm. We have a professional cosplayer who also has her own business. She's an entrepreneur, and she also has her social media game 
is in- crazy. Allie Williams, mm. you will know who she yeah, is. Yeah, check find her on on Instagram, man. She's she goes. I don't know. She goes live all the time, and I was like, I wish I could do that. We we just did our first live video. <laughs> we, we did, <laughs> but like she'll do it like during the day on a Friday, and I'm like, I wish I could do that. Yeah, that sounds so much fun. Uh, but we have some really great stuff coming over in the next month mm-hmm. uh, for you guys to hear, and I, we're super excited about it. Katra, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Yay, uh, thank you. Can we hear your uh, uh, opinion and and thoughts and perception on things coming up and for our listeners who want to get to know Katra better Katra where can they find you where can they find you Katra across the interwebs at (laughs) at Katra Parkman I'm that handle on every website and I mainly post on Twitter and Instagram and do you have your own website I do, KatraParkman.com. KatraParkman. And Ms. in the Biz, you also work for, right for them, correct? Yes, uh, we're currently on a hiatus, Ms. in the Biz, but there are hundreds and hundreds of articles written by many wonderful female bloggers on MsInTheBiz.com. And it's, I mean, both male and female can read these articles and get something out of it. So if you're interested, it's ms. Uh, in the biz.com. Absolutely. And Michael, where can people find Michael Lutheran? I am at Michael Lutheran on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Reach out to me, michaellutheran.com as well if you want to check out reels and things. <laughs> uh, Instagram, I'm at dtuttle, T U T T E L. On Twitter, I'm Daniel Tuttle. Um, you know, because I was one of those people that didn't think I could come up with a cool name, and so I just put my name. <laughs> yep. And then, of course, for the podcast, Twitter at LA Hustlecast, uh, and as well as Instagram and Facebook at Hollywood Hustle Podcast. You can also email us at Hollywood Hustle Podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear what holds you back. What are your fears? How do you get over them? How do you persevere through them? And how do you find time to do social media and all the other stuff that apparently we have to do nowadays in these worlds? And if you're an artist out there and you're in Los Angeles and you think you have a story and your own struggle to tell absolutely contact us Hollywood Hustle Podcast at gmail.com and we also have a website Hollywood Hustle Podcast dot com dot com <laughs> I, I was like where's the dot Daniel where's the dot is it dot org dot net dot edu dot <laughs> gov dot gov when, when we launch <laughs> we're not dot gov we're not dot gov guys <laughs> when we launch our own education institution education 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 yes our own our own art studio uh, but thank you so much guys this is a fun team hustle number three yes and Katra she finally gets to join us for our sign off yes Yes. So do you everybody, know, do you know what our sign-off is? Do you know what our sign-off is? We say it at the end of every I know, episode. I know, I'm trying to call it, and I, I, I can't it's remember. It's the main it. hashtag that we'll use. Yeah. Keep up the hustle. Yay! Yeah. Okay, is that right. the official sign-off? I just thought yeah. that's something you guys yeah. said all the time. No, yeah. that's how we oh, sign-off. Okay. Yeah. So here we are, everyone. So, so everyone from Daniel, myself, Michael Lutheran, and Kedra Parkman, remember to keep up the hustle. This episode was hosted by Daniel Tuttle and made possible by our producers, Michael Lutheran and Katra Parkman, as well as our sound engineer, Kel Torados. For more information, please visit our website at www.hollywoodhustlepodcast.com.